You're listening to the Model Body Podcast with your host, Terry Goodman. Let's go. Welcome back to the Model Body Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Goodlad. I've got a very, very special guest with me today, actually in the studio, Missy Posterly. Now, Missy, how many years have we known each other? We met way, way back in the days of uh, the Vitrix model team. Was that, uh, what, 2011? Is that what that was? I think so. Wow. Yeah. So much time has passed. Yes. Now, was that when you started? You didn't start modeling then, did you? Um, no. No, I, I, I did pageants. That would probably be my first intro into modeling but um yeah i thought god i forget when you and i actually shot together i mean that was 2011 yeah but right yeah that's crazy now now you come i want to talk a a bit about your background because you're uh, i i think if we look at stereotypes Mm -hmm. if i'm if if that's a fair uh, comment if we look at stereotypes you didn't turn out the way i would think you stereotypically would based on where you're coming from, where you that's came safe from. To say, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so where you came from, let's talk about that. You were raised in Ohio. Is mm-hmm. that correct? Raised in Ohio. So talk about that. Take me back to your neighborhood, to your school, to your, you know, the issues and the, what was life like back at that time? Um, I mean, Youngstown, Ohio, it's, it's a, an old steel town, um, very rundown. The population has, decreased significantly over the years once all the steel mills shut down uh really poverty struck an area um it was mob controlled for long time yeah long mm-hmm. time maybe even still now i don't know probably is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um but it's the only thing we really had there over the last few years is uh, general motors but that's been shut down so it's, it's a really sad place like i love being from there i think it, it really it's a, it's the town of grit um, but it's, it's sad. It's sad how everything's just shut down. Buildings are boarded up. Like it's, it's, it's very depressing. I love going back home, but it's really sad to see how it is now. So what was it like growing up there? Would you call it, obviously <clears throat> would you, it was steel town. Mm-hmm. The, the mob had a lot to, there's a tremendous, uh, amount of history to do with the mafia there mm-hmm. and like that. What was it like growing up there? What were your friends like? What did their dads do for a living? Um, everyone was blue collar, you know, everyone worked either construction or, you know, in a, in a mill or, you know, it, it's growing up was, you know, looking back now, cause you know, back then when I was little, I didn't understand anything, but looking back now and where I grew up, the, the neighborhood that I came from, I mean, my house isn't there anymore. It's just, it's an old, there's nothing there. <laughs> right. Um, you know, we, we lived on the West side of Youngstown, um, really poverty, really bad area. Um, but we were able to move and stay with my grandparents over in Austintown, which is outside of Youngstown, a little bit nicer. Um, you know, the school there was much better, but the West side of Youngstown where I was originally from is pretty bad. So what would you do? Like, could you go out and play in your neighborhood? Yeah. Was it a diverse population? Very. Yeah. I mean, black and white, everything was black and white there. That's all we have. Um, but it, you know, when I was younger, yeah, we would go play outside because it wasn't as bad. Back then, I don't think. I mean, now I wouldn't let my kids go play out outside there. Okay, but. <laughs> here's a question. You've got twin daughters. Yes. Would you, if you were your mom back in the day, mm-hmm. and of course the rules were different for moms and dads back in the day, but if you were, and that's a whole other show, yeah. but would you let your girls go out and play the way you played when you were a kid? Absolutely not. No <laughs> chance in hell. <laughs> I mean, when, when I was little, we would, I mean, I lived right next to a freeway. So we had a freeway and we lived in a cul-de-sac and there was a footbridge that went from like 
in the city and then you take the footbridge over the freeway and that was my house mm-hmm. um you know me and the other kids in the neighborhood we'd be all over the neighborhood all day there was a hungarian club right behind my house so my backyard was just grass and a swing set and then behind that was a hungarian club and we'd go there <laughs> and just like play at the hungarian club which i don't even know how we got in there and they i remember they had these little like lottery tickets that had fruit you know and you just peel them mm-hmm. i don't know if you've ever seen those tickets before but they're like these little you know, lottery things and you peel back and if you make match all the fruit and we'd go in the parking lot and pick up all these little lottery tickets. And that's what we did for fun is to try and find ones that were winners, which obviously <laughs> weren't because they were left in the parking lot. Um, but that's what we did as kids. Now you are, uh, I would say, uh, you know, even on each other. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be honest here. You, you're, you're, you've got a, a rougher side to you. Very, very deeply compassionate person. Very wonderful, incredible mom, incredible friend, incredible wife, absolutely incredible model. But you take no crap from anybody. Would that be a fair assessment? I, I would think so. I think over the years, I've I've gotten a little um, stronger. I don't want to say meaner, but I feel like I, I just don't take any shit anymore. You can't, right? You know, like in this day and age, especially, like you just you have to just do it. You know. How does that turn into a pageant queen? <laughs> Um, is, is there a different criteria for, for what you would see as a pageant queen in Youngstown than you would see maybe on Miss America or, you know, when I went into my first pageant, why, why, why do, how did pageants become a good idea from playing at the Hungarian club in this rough neighborhood, in this rough city, uh, you decided, Hey, I think pageants would be a lot of fun. How did that go come about? Cause, cause I look at you and I know you, you are an incredible model. One of my favorite all time models to work with. Beautiful, beautiful woman. Really tall. What are you? Seven feet tall? Shut up. No, what are you? <laughs> five ten. Okay. Five ten. Mm-hmm. Gorgeous, gorgeous body, gorgeous eyes, gorgeous face. Everything's perfect. Right. Yet <clears throat> when we start talking, mm-hmm. there's a whole other narrative that comes out of that picture that I wouldn't necessarily expect. It's one I really appreciate because, you know, in a lot of ways you and I sort of came up in, in similar ways, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we come from poverty. And, and, uh, and so there's a lot of, of similarities there that we share and I appreciate that, but you're not, if I was describing a stereotypical pageant girl, mm-hmm. I would not describe you. Thank you. How did you get the, <laughs> <laughs> um, it's funny. Um, what makes me laugh, because we, we just talked about this earlier, yeah. um, about that guidance counselor that was commenting on my right. modeling profile. He actually signed me up for the Miss Teen Ohio pageant. He oh. gave me, he must have looked into it and thought that I was the right person for that. Um, but my guidance counselor, actually, he, he recommended that I went into pageants. This is the guidance counselor that you had to block from Facebook because... <laughs> he was commenting inappropriate uh, things on my... Uh, was that unusual coming photos. out of Youngstown or... You know, honestly, though, we've had... After I graduate or during when I was in high school, we had quite a few teachers that got in trouble that got fired for inappropriate relationships with their students. Um, is this elementary school? Or? No, this was a uh, high school. Gotcha. Yeah, high school. But the guidance counselor from high school, um, he recommended that I did uh, Miss Teen Ohio. So I did, you know, I, I, and, you know, thinking back, like we didn't have, I mean, we had the internet, obviously, I'm not ancient, but we, mm-hmm. we didn't have like the outlets that you have or the ways to like look up, how do I go into a pageant? What do I need to be right. in a pageant? So you logged onto the Miss Teen Ohio website and you start looking at people's pictures and then you just have to figure it out from there. So when I showed up, you know, I, I was green. I didn't have a really expensive dress. I didn't have a really expensive suit. I just had like my basic stuff and you just show up and you know, my biggest, 
and best defense mechanism is just to be funny and <laughs> ignorant, you know, to try and make myself blend in and be comfortable. Um, so I go there acting like an asshole and I ended up winning Miss Congeniality because I <laughs> kept telling all the girls to take their sticky boobs out of their dress and put them on their head. And I was saying world peace and boobies like, and pe you know, the girls that were, have been growing up in the pageant system or her mom, you know, Must the have been appalled. yeah, they're like, what the hell's wrong with this girl? But you know, that, that was how I made friends and I ended up winning Miss Congeniality three times. That is funny. Yeah. During my pageant stay. So, so how did you, how did you, did you enjoy the pageant thing? I did. The first two years, I enjoyed it. The third year, I feel like I was trying way too hard. You know, I, 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 I was trying too hard. I was trying to be somebody I wasn't. And I lost like the passion for just going out and having fun. Mm -hmm. um, so I feel like I didn't do as well that year. That's the year I didn't make the top five. Every other year I did. Um, and then my final year, I made the top five, got Miss Congeniality again. And then I ended up moving. So I never did it again. But I really would have, I wish I would have stayed in the pageant system because I think one day I could have actually won, mm -hmm. but still not a pageant girl. You know, I wasn't in the Miss America system where you have to have talent because, you know, I don't got that. Um, <laughs> so it's just more about the gown, the interview and, you know, mm -hmm. so. Do you miss those days? I do. Would you get your daughters into that? Um, I think so. Um, you know, there were a Why couple- Why do you hesitate? Because, you know, there are some pageant moms that I remember like- that yeah. groom their kids to be in these yeah. pageants. And like, honestly, the girl who won the first year I competed, her mom was a Miss Ohio, mm -hmm. comes from a very wealthy family. She's actually on ESPN. She's a, um, a commentator for sports, mm -hmm. very beautiful, married to an MB or a MLB player. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, she, her life was set up that way, you know, but she followed the formula. Yes. Um, great girl, great personality, you know, but that was her life. That's what she did. And she ended up winning Miss Teen USA. Like she was very good at what she did. Um, and I, I would love to get my kids into something like that, but I want them to, to do it because they want to do it. I want them to do it and have fun mm -hmm. and take out that kind of experience and have fun with something and, and take what's good out of it, not be obsessed with it and make it their life. Now, being in the pageant circuit thing, I don't mm -hmm. know if the pageant circuit, but <laughs> being involved in pageants, did you get into modeling at that time? Um, I, I, I don't want to say it was modeling because I, I, I took some pictures with some, sketchy people through MySpace or something, you know, like I right. drive out to Cleveland and this guy's like, Oh, I'll take free pictures of you. I'm like, all right. <laughs> Sound like a great idea. Um, what yeah. can go wrong? Honestly, like, I don't know what I was thinking. Like, I think one time my mom actually took me, like I was meeting up with some random dude I met on like MySpace or what was that one? Uh, what's the one modeling website oh, uh, model mayhem model mayhem you know mm -hmm. i'd meet people on there and they're like oh yeah well I, I think you're beautiful i'll take pictures of you and i would drive out and do these weird photo shoots with people <laughs> so i wouldn't say it was modeling um <laughs> but moving to vegas that's uh when i met bobby i met mm -hmm. him down at a bobby uh, deal bobby deal i met him down at a god what was that place called uh, on Fremont street where he would do like the, give you the bikinis and you take pictures. Right. Right. Yeah. But I was drunk every time. So they, I wouldn't consider that modeling either. I was just drunk <laughs> in a bikini down on Fremont <laughs> street. Take, Some guys taking your picture. I don't think I was ever a serious model until Vitrix. I think that was like, I, I would actually call myself a model at that point. No, we, we met uh, Bobby deal had a studio here in Vegas and mm -hmm. I rented space in that studio. Yeah. So I worked in that studio a lot. Was that where we met? I don't remember. I don't I, remember. I thought it was at Vitra with the Vitrix model team. But that I think we he's met. the one that got me hooked up with you because gotcha. of you were doing Vitrix and you were looking for people maybe. Gotcha. That's mm -hmm. what it was. Yeah. It was very fortuitous. We got to thank Bobby. You got mm -hmm. to send him a card. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we, um, we ended up doing 
the Vitrix and uh, the first month I didn't make it. Right. So you had, you had been helping me and trying to get me into the, right. the Vitrix. And then the first month I didn't get um, the well, winner because it was a contest. Every yeah, month. it was a contest mm-hmm. and people voted mm-hmm. uh, online. And so we didn't have control over that. But uh, I mean, still from there, there was people that I saw potential in as a photographer. Mm-hmm. And that's the problem with these online things. They're, they're a lot of fun mm-hmm. and a lot of people get involved and it's, it's uh, but at the end of the day, the people that are looking at somebody there'll be somebody there and it might be their picture is a little bit off. Mm -hmm. And so they don't vote for them. But at the end of the day, they have what it takes to be a good model. Mm -hmm. And you can't always tell that by somebody's pictures, right? Mm -hmm. And as a photographer, you know, I've learned over the years, I, I, I know what I'm looking for and I know what will work. And there's so many times that I'll say, like even to Anna, and Anna's a tremendous model, but I'll, I'll talk to her and say, see that girl, I wanna shoot that girl. She's, why? You know? <laughs> Trust me, it'll work out good and every time it does, you know, because mm-hmm. it's just things as a photographer that you see. So that's the unfortunate about thing about these things. But as it turned out, uh, I mean, that was how many years ago, and you and I are still tight friends, mm-hmm. and uh, still uh, working together whenever we can. Yep. Um, and I absolutely love working with you because there's just such an ease to everything that you do. And I wanted to get into that a little bit mm-hmm. um, and talk about the modeling end of it because you really took off as a model. You, you, you're you're one of those girls that looks absolutely amazing. And, and you're a photographer's dream come true to work with because the body and the face and everything is perfect. And you can just work with that. But once you get into the modeling part where you're actually getting into character, becoming a character and playing that role mm-hmm. and taking your modeling to that next level, you took to that right away. So I want to talk about that process for you. Uh, you know, when you first got involved in, in that Vitrix model team, uh, what was the learning process for you insofar as modeling? Um you know, starting with Vitrix and even shooting with you, I remember when I first found out I'd be shooting with you through Vitrix, I remember going to your website and I, you had all these like tips for like somebody taking photo- like taking photos, like make sure your tags are cut off, make sure you don't right. have stickers on the bottom of your shoes. And I'm like studying this stuff to make sure, and I still do that to this day. <laughs> like if I'm gonna do pictures, I always make sure I take like stickers off the bottom of my shoe and everything. Um, I, remember, I don't know why I remember that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> little things, right? Little things. Um, but I remember shooting with all these girls and like looking at all their pictures. I'm like, I don't compare to any of these girls, you know, like Prudence, Laise, like all these girls and like Larissa. I remember seeing pictures of Larissa downtown with Bobby's stuff. And I was like in awe, like, you know, I just didn't think like I could take any pictures like that. And even when we went to Florida, you know, I felt like I was so out of place. I remember asking Laise, like, what do I wear for this, you know, meeting? We start meeting everybody down in Florida. She's like, well, I'm just wearing cute shorts and a blazer with a tank top underneath. That's exactly what I bought was a pair of little shorts <laughs> and a blazer and a tank top. And I didn't look anything like Laise in that outfit. Okay. <laughs> I should have just stuck with what I knew and wore like a t-shirt and shorts or something. I don't know. I just felt so stupid. But, um, you know, that the process of trying to shoot with, what did we do? We did the shoot with the wrench. Remember? Like mm-hmm. it was like a car and like a there wrench. There was a Hummer and, there. Yeah, and, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I just remember seeing all these girls shoot and I'm like, I don't look anything like this. So I think it was, the process for me was trying to find my confidence and try taking myself out of my own head and thinking I need to be anything like these girls because I'm, I'm so different than any, any of these girls, you know? And we all come from different backgrounds and have different stories and I understand that. But trying to find the confidence to to be comfortable in front of a camera really came over many years of shooting with you and you kind of getting me out of my shell because I've always had a shell, you right. know, and I think that was my biggest problem in trying to be creative. Is that part of 
the way you grew up? I think so. I think, you know, you just, when you're trying to make it in this world, you know, and you just are beat down or, you know, you just try and find your way. It's, it's really just, you build like this shell around you, you know, and you just always have these walls up and it, it takes a lot from either another person or another life experience to, to get you out of that shell and make you comfortable doing anything. On that note, mm-hmm. <clears throat> um, and I, and we, we had a conversation prior to this podcast where I alluded to this, but, uh, I think that's the, the, the models that I've had the, the greatest fun shooting. And, and let me qualify fun. Fun is a day where I can go and I can be creative, that I'm not dealing with an ego. I'm not dealing with an attitude. I'm not dealing with somebody that wants to hurry up and get it over with. I'm not dealing with somebody that isn't willing to learn. You know, when I'm dealing with somebody that's willing to learn, that's willing to try things, and it becomes this creative process where I've got lights and I've got a camera, or we've got light that's natural light, we've got a setting, and it's like it's infinite what you can do with that. Where do you want to go with that? And what's the story? And the story for me as a photographer is always dependent on on the model because your story and how you would tell it would be very, very different than that girl from ESPN, although both of you have been pageant girls, right? Mm -hmm. Both from Ohio, Mm -hmm. but it would be two completely, could be the same outfit, same setting, but the pictures would look completely different because it's a different story. Mm -hmm. And, and so working with somebody that has, uh, the ability, whatever it is, uh, but makes that choice to just go there and make it a creative process where you work with the photographer to create something. And if it looks horrible, you just delete the pictures and try again, mm-hmm. right? But that was, you know, Anna. Anna is, you know, we work together so much and we're so connected that it's just hard to take a bad picture of Anna. Um, and I've talked to her many times about if I could just pick five models that I've worked with in my whole career, uh, you were always in that top five. And it, it's because of, you know, you've got the looks, but what it is, is it's this that I want to, part of it, I think, is a work ethic. The other part of it is, um, I know you feel awkward sometimes and I know you feel like you don't fit in and everybody else is doing better than you. I know that, but you still have the balls to go forward and do it anyway. You still have the courage and you still, I mean, even that thing in Florida and in many respects, that whole photo shoot was just a, it was a whole corporate thing. And, Mm -hmm. you know, the CEO showed up with a box of beer, a cooler full of beer and a couple a, of his friends with lawn chairs. I have a picture with a blue moon in that. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> and he had a friends with lawn chairs. I'm going, oh my God. Oh my God, know. I forgot about that. Everyone right. did post up so with lawn pissed. chairs. I was so pissed that day because it's just like, how unprofessional can you be? You know, and I'm trying to get the best out of these models and, you know, you got a guy with a bunch of drunk friends sitting there in a chest of beer watching some girl. She, like, it's just, come on. Mm-hmm. You know, and, but, but even in that situation, you you smoked it like you lit it up and you i think your pictures were i think the best of the day Mm -hmm. uh there and that's the thing is that you have this courage to go in there and do it like you do the research and even though you may not feel like (laughs) you know you're there you're there in every experience i've had with you you're actually better than those girls that you feel intimidated by. If if intimidated is the right I word, I think it's the right word. Yeah, <clears throat> and and so that's the irony. And I think I think um, that courage and that willingness to to just jump in there and do it, 
there's nothing worse than somebody showing up to model and they're all reserved about everything mm -hmm. and worried about everything because they're not being creative at that point. You know, they're putting up walls and, and stuff and you can't, you can't get your best shot. You can get great butt shots, great face shots, great boob shots, mm -hmm. and you're just a thing. Yeah. Uh, but unless you're going to open up and just give it all up there, uh, you know, you're not going to become a person that people can identify with and that brands can identify with. Mm -hmm. And we've talked about this. Like some, when I shoot with you, it, it does take me a little bit to open up because we, you know, we, we, we with timing, we barely get to shoot anymore. But well, I've got four yeah. kids. You've got two kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, we both got jobs. And so if we shot, if we shot twice a month, that wouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. That's just a natural thing. Anna and I have that. Yeah. You know, it takes her a half an hour to get into, into the right head space too. You mm -hmm. know, that's just a normal thing. And, and I think the longer you are away from it. And, and here's another reality. You're a mom. You got two twin girls. Mm -hmm. They're at that really, really exciting age where. Is that what we're going to call it? Is exciting? <laughs> I'm being positive. <laughs> where, well, you describe it better than I do. <laughs> They're at that age where things that are not that difficult are quite difficult. Yes. Is that fair? Mm -hmm. Okay. <laughs> everything's tantrums and everything's emotional and everything's... So emotional. Everything that they do. Really? Yes. Tell us some stories. Um, I'd honestly... <laughs> <laughs> it's just the smallest thing. You know, we, we, we don't really want them to have tablets. You know, we try to stay away from the tablet thing. And right. on, honestly, for no other reason than, you know, that you just hear you're not supposed to give your kids tablets because right. they get addicted to watching a screen. Um, and for a while, we wanted to move them out of their high chairs. So we put them at like a, a big kid's table, but they won't sit at the big kid's table without their tablets. So we put the tablets there, but they won't quit finger jamming the tablets. And then it messes up the video that they're watching. And then they throw a tantrum because the video is not right. Well, if you quit fucking touching it, the video will be fine, you know? And that's what's frustrating is that you're, do, you're causing this problem for yourself, you know? So then we took the tablets away and now they won't eat. So that's just, that's just today. That was just today. And then you take your bag of stuff, your photo shoot bag, and you step out of the house, get yes. into your car, and yes. you drive over and yes. we meet up and mm -hmm. we shoot. Mm -hmm. What does it take to get into that headspace, get back into where you need to be? Uh, you know, the normal, like a two hour conversation with you first. <laughs> <laughs> I always have to like calm down, you know, nice cup of coffee, long conversation with Terry, and then I'm back to normal. Now, the other thing that you do, you work at a club in Vegas, a very popular club. I think people around the world know this club, mm -hmm. but Dre's. Yes, Dre's. Now, what's your position there? Uh, operations manager. I manage the cocktail servers. Okay. And now you've been there since? I started cocktailing at their um, after hours location. That was 2010. So I was a cocktail waitress myself for a few years. And then when we opened up the mega club, that's when I moved into management. Okay. And now everything, of course, because of COVID is shut down. Yeah. But let's bounce back to that job part. Mm -hmm. Your job is dealing with? Um, 52-year-old children. <laughs> 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 no, I, I have uh, yeah, about 50 cocktail waitresses when we're fully staffed and it's, it's a lot of personalities. It's a lot of girls and I love them. I love them at individually as a whole. They're a pain in my ass and I've told them that yeah. they all know that very well. Um, <laughs> you know, like, Cause I try to explain to them. I'm like, I just want you to think about this when you have a little problem, little problem. Mm -hmm. And there's 50 of you that have this little problem. That's one big problem for me. Right. Okay. Cause you guys all have these little issues. Um, and they got to come to mom with their problems. Yeah, I know they do. And I remember when we first opened, this is like my first month of managing, um, this one girl, sweetest girl, she sent me a picture of her foot and said, I have a bunion. I can't wear my heels tonight. And I said, don't you ever send me a picture of your foot again. You have, we have a no fault 
call out system. You just call out. Just tell me you can't come to work tonight. I do not need pictures. I had girls send me pictures of their throw up. I'm like, please, you, I do not need details. Just you could literally call me and tell me, Missy, I don't want to work tonight. And, I, and you don't have to work. You're not going to get in trouble. You just call out and take your points and it's a day. Nope, I have to have proof pictures, I guess. Oh, puke and bunions. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> so to go from that, again, that's, I mean, you, you, you kind of got three strikes here. You've mm -hmm. got kids yep. where you have to kind of disassociate yourself from any of your personal needs and problems. Yep. We've got four here, so I understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, you've got a job where you're basically responsible for solving everybody else's problems. So you really can't be yourself there either mm -hmm. you can't you know no, you i have get to in be, trouble when i'm myself right yeah. <laughs> and and then you come from youngstown mm -hmm. right whereas a place where of course you got to have some walls up so come to the photo shoot is a place where you can't have walls up what is your process to get into that creative space where you do the magic that you do at, at a photo shoot um honestly I, the process when I shoot with you is, is the talks that we have during the shoot, before the shoot, it just, you know, you, sometimes you just need to get out of your own head and remember how value, valuable you are at that moment and just try and, and live up to what you really are, you know? And that's what I always have a hard time doing just in my regular life mm -hmm. is believing that I can be the best person that I am and, you know, work hard and get what I want. Like all these things, like, you know, there's constantly clouding your vision of life, you know, and stepping into a photo shoot, you just kind of have to forget about all of that and be this other person. I mean, you've, you've coached me through so many photo shoots where you're like, you know, picture yourself here, picture this situation. And you just, you have to teach yourself how to do that on your own, which I still have a hard time doing. Like you really have to coach me through a lot of it, but um, well, I think though, I think what you have to deal with, again, it's the same thing for Anna. Mm -hmm. Like it takes us a long time to get where she needs to be, but that's because this is, this is a, like for her, this is like going to another planet mm -hmm. and I'm sure it's the same thing for you. Yeah. It's like going to another planet and all of a sudden now there's all these demands and pressure because now these pictures are going to be out there and you want to, you don't want to let anybody down mm -hmm. and you know, like that. So there's pressure even in that, but you always manage to do it. Mm -hmm. And I think even, I mean, after I had kids and twins and shooting with you, I mean, you saw how I reacted to the pictures. I was like, no, I don't look as good as I should. You're like, no, you're fine. You had twins. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to look good because I had twins. I want to look good outside of having twins. So that's, that's been really hard for me over the last couple of years, even just getting in a bikini or, you know, wearing just a sports bra and shorts is, you know, I had twins and I have to remember that my body had two children in it and I got two children out of it and <laughs> my body doesn't look the same now way. You're it did. feeding them yeah. and caring for their every need. So, you know, trying to, to fit workouts in and, you know, be comfortable in my body and shooting again is, is going to be difficult. You know, now you've changed your body. Obviously you got back training in cause your body's changed dramatically since the last time we saw you. Now I won't say dramatically, but you know, you can see that, mm -hmm. you know, the, the Missy that was the athlete before is yeah. obviously back. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, that process, how much time do you spend on the diet and on the training and stuff like that? Is um, that something you're obsessive about or do you? I will say pre-COVID, um, while I was still working, you know, I was training with two different trainers um, because they're my friends. So I would train with one, train with the other, um, stop at LVAC occasionally and do a workout that was half-assed. Um, so I would say during that time with work, I would probably work out three or four times a week. Um, since coronavirus happened, I've my husband and I have built a complete home gym. So we have a squat rack, we have everything. Oh, cool. So 
um, <clears throat> because my friend who's a trainer doesn't have a gym to work at right now, you know, she's been coming over every day. We bought bikes. I found out that there's a whole seven mile trail next to my house. So we've been hiking. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, we, we've been hiking. We've been bike riding, running. Um, and I've worked out probably in since March. I've only taken off maybe five days. So it's, it's become a really obsessive for me now. Um, my diet, I've been trying to track my calories, which has made me crazy. So I just don't do it anymore. Um, I would say my diet's cleaner now than it ever has been because I'm home more. I can make more meals and I can like time out my meals properly instead of, you know, sleeping until two because I worked the night before. Right. And, you know, so my whole life has changed. My whole lifestyle has changed since I've been off of work. Um, do you like it? Most of it, yeah. I don't like not being at work and not being busy, but right. I'm loving this time with my kids, even though it's very yeah. stressful. I just know that as a working mom, it's I, I it's nothing I would ever get normally. Like this time to help raise my kids the right way, the way I want to. That's the thing so, we found with our kids too. Mm -hmm. Is just that this has been the best thing for them, their mm -hmm. development and yeah. mental health, and and also just as a family, we bonded so well. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm pretty sure my husband's wanted to kill me a few times. <laughs> Um, <laughs> being home with me this much, but, uh, now he's, you know, officially a barber. So he will yeah. be out of the house, uh, most days now. So I'm sure that'll be good for him. Now, uh, we've talked about this a little bit today. I, this might be premature, but I just want to, I want to touch on it because I think it's an important thing, uh, for any model out there that's listening, you know, youth doesn't last forever. Mm -hmm. Opportunities don't last forever, but you can take what you build with your brand mm -hmm. and do other things. You've got a lot of experience and wisdom to share with people. <clears throat> and so you're talking about, talking about, <laughs> you're going to start your own podcast very soon. Yeah. Do you want to t tell me about what you want the podcast to be and what prompted you to do the podcast? Um, you know, since Dre's has been shut down, I've, it's been really back and forth with me trying to figure out what I want to do with my life and what I'm actually passionate about. And I don't want to do anything that just is going to pay the bills because I don't think that's living your life. Um, you know, I get like, I made great money working at Dre's. I, I absolutely love my job. I work with live music. I work with a lot of people. I get to meet people. I get to meet celebrities. Like it's great but I want to find something that makes me happy. And, and, you know, I love connecting with people. I love talking. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I love the idea of building your brand um, as a person. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of people that want to connect with that regardless of who you are, because everybody has a story. And I feel like, you know, I, I've listened to so many self-help books and, you know, I, I thought about writing and I thought about, you know, doing poetry and, you know, there's, there's so many ways I want to like express myself. And I don't, I think I've been hesitant about doing it because I just don't really know if anyone cares, <laughs> you know, <laughs> which you is know? really <laughs> consistent with thinking that you didn't have what it took to be a model and yeah. you're freaking incredible at that. So I know that your podcast will do really you know, well. And, I, and it's not that I have a great following on social <laughs> media, but I, I feel like I have enough people that watch my story or like my pictures that might care. And, and, you know, even coming from Ohio, you know, coming from Youngstown, a lot of people come out to Vegas to visit and I love showing them a good time. I love, you know, putting them at a good table, you know, giving them the whole Vegas experience because I know where we come from. A lot of people don't have $10,000 to go drop on a dance floor table at a Vegas nightclub, you know, on top of hotels and flights and everything like that. So I really like giving that experience to people and showing them like, the finer things in life, I guess, in yeah. Vegas that I've got to experience. Um, so I just, I think people take interest in that. They take interest in a life that they don't have or a life that they can't have, or maybe don't want or do want whatever, but maybe they find it interesting and maybe I can talk about something that, you know, resonates with them or can help them or, 
you know, they could listen to and hate and talk shit about me. I don't care. <laughs> you know, like, as long as you're listening, yeah, right? Yeah, because I feel like, you know, even with my social media, I have people that I know don't like me from back home that still watch my story every single mm -hmm. day. And I'm like, okay, what are you watching it for? Are you watching it because you don't like me and you just want to see what I'm doing? Or maybe you do like me. You know? Well, I think that's the reality about, you know, it's the same thing with being a model. You know, mm -hmm. there's people that are there because they really appreciate you. There's people that are there just because they want to look at your pictures because they think you're hot. There's mm -hmm. people that are there that don't like you or are jealous of you and they want to watch jealous, what you're doing. Yeah, you know. Well, it's a reality though. Yeah. You know, it's just, there's going to be a cross session. I had somebody, you know, when I first got into the fitness industry as a photographer and then, you know, very rapidly became one of the top guys in the fitness industry, you know, in the world. Right. Mm -hmm. I was working for all the top magazines. I was a writer, photographer, did all that stuff. So, uh, and, and somebody had to take me aside at one point and said, listen, whether you like it or not, uh, you're going to have fans. And I said, fans, I don't have fans. You know, I got people might like what I do or like the model that I photograph, but I don't have fans. He says, no, everybody has fans. If you have a Facebook page, you have fans. You know, you've got people that are friends, but then the other people that just find entertainment in what you have to offer. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't make you into Russell Crowe, <laughs> but, you know, you do have fans. And so if you acknowledge that fact and just go, oh, okay, that's a fact. So of those fans, so you make the proper decisions with your brand, of those fans, how many are just going to dislike anything I post? Still follow me and watch it, but dislike everything. Mm -hmm. Always have some crap to say. Right. Right? There's going to be a percentage of those. There's going to be a percentage of people that just hate you and don't even want to see what you do. Mm -hmm. There's going to be a percentage of people that are obsessed with you, but they're extremely jealous and they, they, they feel bitter feelings towards you mm -hmm. and they want to see you fail. There's that there too. Then there's people that absolutely love you and everything you do. Then there's people that really appreciate what you do and there's people that are interested in what you do. Mm -hmm. And you're going to have a percentage of all of those anyway. And, and so when you understand that as a creator or as an influencer, somebody that's out there creating a platform for themselves mm -hmm. is that there's people that are going to like it and people are going to dislike it. And you really can't be swayed by either side. Right. Because at the end of the day, if you get run over by a bus tomorrow, they'll just listen to another podcast or look yeah. at a different picture. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? But while you're here, they want to enjoy you, whether that's a positive enjoyment or a negative enjoyment, they're still getting entertainment value out of it. And that's part of our job. And, when I, when I realize that even the people that hate me, if they're there, I'm still entertaining them. Mm -hmm. They're still getting good value, whether they like what I got to say or like me or don't. And so if you just think of it that way. You know what? I really wanted to be a comedian. I thought that that was like a dream job because mm -hmm. I just love making people laugh. And then my husband told me I wasn't funny. <laughs> so... <laughs> So he's so. Where would he fall in that fan category? I'm not sure. Some days, uh, either he loves you and he's trying to save you from yourself, or yeah, because I I think I have some really interesting stories to tell that are very honestly like if I went back and like told stories about growing up, like I think I can get a pretty good following. Because have you ever seen the show Shameless? Yes. Have you seen that show? Like yes. Frank Gallagher is my dad, like to a T. Really? And I have so, I love the man to death, and I have so many stories that people would just be like, you can't write this shit, you know. <laughs> and I just, I think that I can, I can make people laugh if anything. I think I can be entertaining. 
Good. Well, I, I look forward to hearing your podcast. Have you got a launch date yet? Nope, not yet. But you're going to put it together soon? Yep. Like we're talking weeks, months? I'd say a couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We'll have to have you back. When you kick off your first show, we'll have to have you back on and we'll talk about that first show. Sounds good. For the time being, everyone, thank you very much for listening to the Model Body Podcast. The first issue of Model, Model Body Magazine is very close to being launched. Uh, go to uh, modelbody.com. M O D L. B-O-D-Y dot com. I had to think about it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another episode.